Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. In this week's episode, I'll be chatting with David and Liz, co-founders of Plant Life Meals, some macro-driven vegan meal prep uh, company founded in uh, summer of 2019. They deliver currently anyway to to the areas around Seattle, Kirkland, Redmond, Bellevue um, and Bothell over in in the States. David and Liz have a huge passion for health and an incredible passion for uh, for vegan cooking uh, and creating um, a really diverse array of vegan food options for those looking to kind of have their have their um, the convenience of um, of kind of prepared food, but with all of the health benefits of home cooking. So, without further ado, this is a conversation between me and David and Liz uh, from Plant Life Meals. into the world of veganism in the first place what was the kind of journey into it for you well um we've been vegan now for uh food vegan just to be clear it's interesting i'm learning a lot about what it means to be vegan and you know we got to be mindful when we say vegan you know i think i still have leather boots on the floor right still working away from that stuff but to give you some context um about gosh two almost Three. Um, three years. You were oh. roughly about the same time as you. Yeah, about three years. Um, so for context, I'm 36, and, and I, I try to get better at telling the story, but um, I couldn't sit through a movie. Um, my back was hurting so bad, and, and, and it's not like I played in the NFL or I was a hockey player, right? <laughs> and so it, just from sitting, all this inflammation, all of my injuries over time just kept coming back, and it was really, really annoying. Uh, meanwhile, Elizabeth is experiencing her own troubles, right? Wanting to clear up her skin and sleep better and just feel healthier. And so we started looking at, well, let's look at this objectively and try to solve for these problems first before we, you know, look for alternatives from doctors and so forth. So we found out that, gosh, all of these injuries and all of these things are stemming from inflammation. Um, it just kept coming back around to that conversation stress in the brain, inflammation in the brain, all these things that it causes. And so we said, okay, what are the, you know, what are the foods or what are the things that are causing this inflammation? Well, it just so happened to be meat and dairy um, from the research we did. So we decided to test it and say, let's cut it out for a couple of weeks and see how we feel. And so when we did that, we were just blown away by how we felt. I mean, I could sit through a full flight and not get up. I could sit through a movie and not get up. I could sleep all throughout the night. Liz's skin was clearing up. Uh, I mean, right before your eyes, it was crazy. The amount of renewed energy, it, we just felt different um, and decided at that point, gosh, why, why turn back? Let's see how far we can take this. This feels really good. Um, and a couple of months later, uh, you know, we were getting asked questions naturally as most do. And we thought, gosh, 
you know, Liz, you have all these incredible recipes. Why don't you write a cookbook? And so Liz wrote a cookbook called My Kind of Vegan. And she did this about, what, a year ago now, maybe? Yeah. Let's call it about a year ago, nine months to a year ago, and was handing this thing out. It's a great book. It's really easy to follow. It's full of recipes and kind of everything you need, 101, if you're just getting started in the kitchen. And to give some context, you know, I feel very comfortable in the kitchen, and I would get all these cookbooks. And, you know, they're 400 pages. And for me, they just seemed really overwhelming. And that's what a lot of people would tell me, too, is, gosh, Liz, like, you're a rock star in the kitchen, but I don't feel as confident. And so I thought, I don't see a cookbook out there that's just really simple, just a few recipes, tell me what to do, how to do it, and and just to get me started. And then maybe after I feel a little bit better, then I can branch out to these um, larger cookbooks that have a little bit more complexity to it. So that's kind of premise for that. And I'd been blogging before then as well, um, just because I enjoyed what I was learning through the process of exploring vegan recipes, because it, it does take some creativity to not just eat rice and beans and, you know, spinach for every meal. And so I was learning a ton and I, I was just excited to, to share it with other people. Like, man, this is really helping me. And to David's point, yeah, I was dealing some, with some awful acne, adult acne that I never had acne, you know, as a kid. And I felt really self-conscious and I could tell that my, my body was just not having it with the things that I was consuming. And I'd slowly started taking out dairy and meat products. And the gal that was helping me with my skin said she'd never seen anything like it. She was like, wow, you're motivating me to not eat dairy too, because she was also having, you know, some skin concerns here and there whenever she would eat dairy. So yeah, it was kind of a culmination of all these things. And we were just continue to be encouraged to go in the direction of less meat, less dairy, and just felt good. Yeah. Yeah. We had all these personal wins that we just were really excited about sharing with people, you know, I mean, family first, right. The people around you and and we, we learned quickly that it wasn't everyone's cup of tea. And especially, I, I, maybe it's just American culture, but um, as you know, or as you could imagine, our relationship to food is really interesting. It's much different, perhaps, than a lot of other places. And and so socializing what we were doing was a little bit of a challenge, but we just kept getting asked questions about, you know, hey, how do you make that? Or gosh, that, that tastes really good. What was that? And then so, you know, Elizabeth puts this book out. Uh, the response was really good. We followed up with some of these people and realized that they were trying to go vegan, but they really needed someone to cook the food and literally drop it off for them. And so granted, there are a lot of companies out there that will cook vegan uh, and freeze it and ship it to you, or they'll send you all the recipes and all the foods you need, the kits. We thought, well, neither of those are, are, are really who we are. And so we decided, well, why don't we cook fresh why don't we set this up to be reoccurring so people can go in and count on the fact that they're having someone local go pick food from uh, local sources, cook it fresh, deliver it fresh, um, right to your door each week. That way you don't have to cook. You don't have to think about it. We'll provide all the nutrients, all the macronutrients, all the ingredients. That way you have optics into what you're eating so you feel really good about it. 
And we started seeing success. We committed to never, well, never is a strong word, but initially not freeze meals and ship them. We really wanted to stay true to how can we make this really enjoyable for people to fall in love with the food so they have a better understanding that this is a conversation around conditioning on how to feel about how we're, what we're eating and, and how we need to eat. And we want to normalize kind of the vegan conversation that the food is incredible and that you're going to feel so much better after you do this. So we stood up plant life meals. The concept was in July of this year, June, July. Um, and we were fully operational as of October one. Um, and we've been growing ever since the response has been really good. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the context to our journey, and we haven't we haven't looked back. And, and there's so much more to learn, and there's so much more to as far as getting quote unquote better at being vegan. There's there's still uh, a lot around the bend, but um, yeah, that that's kind of the the journey in short. That's very cool. Yeah, I'd I'd love how uh, how much of a personal kind of impact it's had on both of you in kind of these different ways um, through this kind of personal health journey. Was there a you know you said you did you did this kind of research yourself. Was there, was there kind of anybody kind of guiding you guys through it? Was, did you kind of have any, any kind of vegan friends, anybody who was kind of like dabbling in the lifestyle or did this come purely out of like research? Yeah, that's no one's ever asked us that question, but now that I'm thinking about it, um, you know, I, during college, I always lived with roommates. Um, and one of my really good friends, she was the first vegan friend I had and she's been vegan probably for gosh probably like 15 years by now um her and her boyfriend were vegans and it was interesting living with her and and her um reasoning for going vegan was not health related but um she's a huge animal lover and it was she was definitely influential and so I'd gone vegetarian I had a hard time giving up eggs. That was the one thing um, initially, just to see, you know, what it was like. But I would say those two are probably the only people in my immediate circle that was um, vegan. And so that was my influence. And Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting because uh, for me, it was more about testing. Like everything that I, you know, whether it be meditation or going vegan, whatever it is, uh, you know, I, I want to test it on me. I kind of want to call BS, right? It's like uh, vegan diets are the best. Well, let's test it. Let's put it to the test. And so I had a lot of conversations, you know, with friends and you do a lot of research, but at the end of the day, um, the qualitative research has to come from you and it has to come from your own experience. And so that really was kind of the testing ground of you know, if it's true to you, then it's true. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of compelling arguments on both sides of the fence as, you know, animals play a big part in our ecosystem to keep humans alive. And sure, but I've tested the diet on me and I feel so much better. And so I don't think it was necessarily a tipping point or a, a compelling piece of research that moved the needle as far as that's concerned, as much as it was us testing it and falling in love with just how we felt. Yeah. And I think also just, at least for me, I've worked in public health research uh, for the last, gosh, like 10 years or so. 
mainly around uh, cancer survivorship and cancer prevention. And um, recently working with a lot of patients who have recently diagnosed with colon and rectal cancer. And a lot of that is diet related. And so I think, you know, as, you know, being vegan for a couple of years prior to that, I think there are just all these messages of how important food is and, and, um, you know, that we have that influence that we can, we can make certain choices to not only live a personal healthy life, but also the, all of the, the research that we're seeing now about the, the potential to impact our planet as well. So a lot, a lot of different reasons, you know, that continues to reinforce what we're doing. It sounds like you guys have been pretty pioneering kind of in your, your kind of immediate surrounds, like in, in picking up this, this kind of lifestyle and this journey off your own back through your research. And I love this idea of kind of testing on your, on yourself and, and, and verifying it because I think uh, I, I'd sort of encourage anybody to, to do that if they're in the slightest bit kind of quizzical, curious uh, about the vegan lifestyle that, then you know, try it and see what it does. I don't want to say similar to what you're doing, but I think it was just, you know, you start to have conversations, and it leads to things like, you know, yeah, why do we eat what we eat? You know, mm-hmm. why why do we watch what we watch? Why do we do what we do? And how much influence are we having? And how much influence does the outside world have? Right, the bigger kind of esoteric conversation, and that and then it boils down to just choice. And I think we've learned that. The most difficult part about being vegan, well, I won't speak for Liz, but for myself at least, is the social aspect. It's the it's the conversations with people that for some reason suddenly care about what you eat, right? You go vegan and then all of a sudden people care about what you eat, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's interesting. But to me, it, 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 to me, that means that everybody wants to feel really good about what they're doing. And when they see people that they respect or love that are in their immediate circle kind of pivot and go against the grain because they realize, you know, that's not what's best for them and they need to go blaze their own path or, or their own trail. Um, it's, I'd say that's been kind of the hardest part is it, it's created some really interesting social dichotomies between us and people we were really close with in the past. Yeah. But I I think too, it's funny. I mean, we keep our doors very open. We're very open to talk to people about all of this stuff, obviously, but, um, you know, and people are, we don't push anybody to go vegan, but if people have questions, we're more than happy to talk about it. And it's funny when, you know, someone's eating pizza, I'm like, man, I, I used to love pizza. And, but, you know, it made my stomach feel awful. Like, I was lactose intolerant and I still powered through lots of cheese, and lots of dairy and just kind of dealt with it for a long time. And, and it's funny, people then say, Oh, you know, I kind of feel that way too. You know, if I drink a glass of milk, I have an awful, you know, stomach ache after it or, you know, some indigestion and that, that might be what's going on. You know, my body doesn't want that. So it's just funny that, you know, when you talk about your own personal experiences and, and how these things have helped us, it, it kind of turns on some light bulbs for people about how things could be different and potentially better, you know, by ma- making some switches here and there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, 
I, I absolutely relate to that that kind of that bit you were talking about back there, uh, David. I think about you know, as soon as you mentioned that you're you're kind of switching into this kind of lifestyle that feels against uh, kind of the the norm, if you like, that everybody kind of almost becomes a nutritionist all of a sudden. You know, they they've never shown any particular interest in kind of um, in their own sort of diet or shown any kind of a uh, any kind of particular dietary knowledge, but suddenly they're very concerned about your protein levels. Uh, they, they've heard about B12 uh, being a concern. You know, you're probably iron deficient, all of these kind of things um, all suddenly come to the fore. And I do wonder whether that's probably part of, you know, like you say, actually it's probably them, them questioning in themselves, you know, are the things that I've been told right then? You know, because you're telling me they're kind of not just by your very existence almost, by your your example. Like, for example, my parents, you know, you know, they've been on this earth for a lot longer time than than we have. And it definitely when I first told them that I wasn't going to be eating meat anymore, you know, they thought I was crazy, like that I joined some crazy cult or something. And how could you do that? What are you going to eat now? You know, there was all this concern around it. And it's funny how, how much they've embraced it, you know, a few years later and, and offering options for us and, and really excited to learn more about it. So it's funny that upfront kind of confrontation, it goes away. I think it's just, um, it challenges a lot of things that we've been told and, or learned, you know, through our whole lives. And so I think that's why sometimes it creates some discomfort. It's an interesting point as I'm thinking about this, like the generational thing, James, it's like, right. The generation, um, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm 36. And so you and I didn't grow up in the seventies, right. We didn't, we didn't see what this generation before us saw as the association with being vegan. Right. So when we introduced this to our parents or our grandparents or, you know, whoever's around that's older than us has this, I guess this notion that we're eating sticks and dirt and not showering and going to concerts and doing a bunch of drugs all night when in actuality, it's the furthest thing from the truth. And so I think that's been an interesting thing too, is, you know, approaching the parents or anybody of another generation to say, Hey, veganism looks completely different. It's the food's actually very good now. You know, you're not eating rocks. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting point. I'd never really thought about how parents are embracing this because they went through the whole transition in the 60s and 70s of people trying to introduce, you know, new ways of living. And it, it, they just didn't have the resources and the know-how as we do now. Yeah, def- definitely. Like, I, I, you're absolutely right. I think that's um, a huge part to play. The uh, And one that we can pro- perhaps miss sometimes is, you know, what people have been brought up, their reference points um for for veganism may be entirely different to perhaps our reference points um you know from a from a kind of 2019 perspective i'm really intrigued as to like um you guys uh you know being kind of like almost the the kind of the lone the lone uh nut if you like to use that analogy like in your community and having to learn to cook vegan uh, from a, you know a, a fully omnivorous diet, and and you mentioned Liz that you you know you're super comfortable uh, in the kitchen. 
like where did your inspiration for for kind of the the meals that you guys are now kind of putting out into the world through plant life meals where where did that inspiration come from did were you just kind of naturally very creative or or did you kind of initially go through kind of the meat substitute route uh you know what was that journey look what did it look like for you um yeah i mean initially when we created the menu for plant life meals they were literally just the things that we were eating at home kind of like our favorite meals um and now we're we're kind of just morphing things into you know what what we enjoy because and we've shared with friends and family and and we get a good response from it. So that's kind of the direction we, we try to be mindful about, you know, balance of macros and things like that. But initially, yeah, it was just, okay, what are we eating? What do we like? And let's put that on the menu because we know it's good. But before that, I mean, I had, before I went vegan, I was vegetarian. Um, I still ate eggs. So uh, I was already, I had quite a bit of time to experiment with recipes and whatnot. Um, and that just came from, you know, learning recipes from cookbooks and kind of putting my own twist on things. I grew up, um, always being in the kitchen with my mom. She cooks very different than how I cook now, but at least, um, gave me the fundamentals of how to cook. And so I just naturally like to experiment with things and, and that's kind of the process is just, hey, if something tastes good and and people like it, then we put it on the menu. Like we're very responsive to our customers and and sometimes they give us inspiration. They hey, have you ever thought of making this, you know, vegan? Oh, I haven't. Like let's let's check it out and see how we can make it good and and healthy. So that's our, our non processed process. Yeah. Interesting. We, you know, when we, when you think of vegan, I think uh, maybe just in our market up here or over here rather is when, when people think of vegan companies or vegan food, they think of automatically that we're a health company, right? That's, that's kind of the, the direct correlation we've been watching people make in their head is, Oh, vegan food. You guys are putting out health food. That's great. So initially when we were doing this, uh, to Liz's point, all the food that she was putting out was just kind of from the heart, like, Ooh, we love lasagna. She makes a really good lasagna. Oh, we, we love pasta. She makes an incredible pasta, uh, you know, and then so forth and so on. And you put that out there and we kind of started out as almost a mobile restaurant, if you will. Um, and the response from the community was health. So we decided to take that feedback and go, gosh, would people be more excited to go vegan if they felt like it was very close to what they're doing now? And what they're doing now is counting macronutrients, um, you know, for one reason or another. Um, they love to know that if I eat this meal, as long as you tell me how much protein's in it, I'm going to feel like it's, you know, like a protein cookie. It's still a cookie, but it has protein in it. But as long as you can tell me how much protein is in it, it's a protein cookie. It's not a sugar cookie. And so we wanted to meet people where they're at. And our menu kind of grew over time to go from a restaurant style menu to very programmatic. It's more or less a vehicle that's going to help you get to where you want to go. And so I'd be curious, just kind of thinking out loud, how our menu is going to change over time and how our business is going to change over time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it's all, we try to make every decision based off of what we learn from the customer. We want to just build this to be bigger than us, to serve as many people as we can, um, and not necessarily go to the market with, well, I like burgers, so we're going to sell burgers, right? We only want to sell burgers if that's what everyone else wants. So curious to see where the menu will go over time. Yeah, definitely. I'm very, very curious. And actually, I think the the macro piece is actually quite unique from what I've seen uh, in the in the market so far. Certainly, I mean, this may be a UK standpoint. Uh, I'm not sure how it is in the US, but certainly uh, a, a, there's a huge explosion in the UK in terms of almost vegan junk food, if you like. So um, almost kind of like bucking the trends that people kind of um, and, and the kind of expectations people have of vegan food. So, you know, there's the kind of like the raw vegan on one hand, uh, kind of ultra whole whole foods, plant-based diet, ultra healthy on the one end. And then there's the, the kind of, um, uh, you know, like let's replicate uh, kind of a Big Mac or, you know, <laughs> a Whopper or a supersized burger of some description or nuggets or whatever. There's that kind of market. And that seems to be exploding right now in the UK. And, and I've not seen this, which is why I'm kind of, you know, I'm really fascinated by what you guys do. I've not seen this kind of like middle ground of, you know, here's a whole, f- whole foods, plant-based diet, nutrient rich, um, but actually focused on, you know, your macros too, you know, if, if you're somebody who's, you know, into your, into your kind of health and fitness and concerned about your, your kind of protein intake, um, you guys putting that kind of front and center, I think is, is kind of hugely appealing and not just appealing perhaps to, to vegan folks or be intrigued to find out, like, have you, have you guys found, uh, kind of those people who are kind of, actually omnivorous and looking to either cut down their meat or perhaps transition, maybe just vegan curious, um, but absolutely want to protect those macros. Have, have they kind of come to you out of that angle more than the, almost the veganism? Yeah. You know, James, what's interesting, I, I don't know, I won't speak for those, but this might be our, our favorite part to talk about, which is only one of our customers is vegan or are oh, vegan. Wow. Yeah. And so you nailed it. I think what we're finding is, these customers are coming to us off the back of conversations with doctors saying, you got to eat less red meat. These are coming people coming to us off the back of, we watch the game changers. I want to make sure that, you know, um, that I'm healthy growing into my old age. So I want to cut back on certain things. We have a really interesting mix of people that are very aspirational, very inspired to see change, but only one of them is vegan. So it's interesting. Yeah. So they're all very vegan curious. And I think what's, we really love it is because I think I was speaking to this earlier, but it's, it, veganism is kind of intimidating at the forefront. Um, And so by starting with us, you know, we bring the meals right to you and you don't even have to think about it, but they're getting this really nice introduction to what vegan can look like for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really cool to uh, learn more about our customers, and yeah, a lot of them are just really trying to improve their health, and we're glad that we can you know be part of that journey and and give them something to kind of grow with, and hopefully, at least personally for me, I hope um, they are inspired by the food that they eat, and they can start you know 
cooking for themselves and their family. You know, it, it's really interesting that, you know, we'll, we'll go to a friend's house and, you know, bring a meal. And obviously it's always a conversation starter. Oh, this is vegan. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it, it really creates this um, waterfall effect of people just start questioning and trying. And so we're really excited to see, you know, what comes out of plant life meals. Do you tend to have a lot of conversations around um, the environmental impacts of uh, being? I imagine you do. Yeah, I really do. Like, uh, I mean, for me, like, I, I mean, I tend to find there's kind of three routes into into it. You know, you, you you'd have heard this many times, I'm sure, but you know, there's the the kind of environmental argument. Um, often people, you know, and I, and I tend to tend to almost put a documentary on each of these because that seems to be how we kind of <laughs> consume a lot of information in kind of mainstream culture these days but um i'd say like environmentally kind of people have watched things like cowspiracy and they're kind of like okay i didn't realize that the biggest thing i could do to combat climate change was uh was to turn vegan so that you know the extinction rebellion kind of crowd if you like um that that's probably where i started that was definitely my entry point but for others, absolutely, the animal welfare, so Earthlings and Dominion, they've watched those kind of those kind of documentaries, and then this this kind of this group who are, who have watched Game Changers, uh, What the Health, um, and and you know, right now, obviously, we're right in the kind of like the eye of the Game Changers storm, if you like, um, and so yeah, I, I'd say at least thirty three percent, you know, I'd say it is split that evenly um who of people i i kind of encounter want to talk about the environment um but i but i also find you know whichever route people get into it the other kind of 66 percent of the reasons kind of then fall in line you know like for me it was the environment and then almost like immediately afterwards i i kind of then was like actually dairy is a fairly abhorrent industry you know, if you if you treat sentient beings like in that in that particular way, you know, I'd I'd never associated. Sounds sounds crazy now, but I'd never associated that a dairy cow produced milk for its young. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds it sounds ludicrous, but I'd, I'd, you know, just sort of not brought up to think about it. Um. Yeah. So so definitely, the I'd say yeah to answer your question like. I speak to a lot of people who are who, who deeply care about the environment and feel like adopting this lifestyle is their kind of their way of having the biggest impact they can have. Yeah, that's great. We, we've um, yeah, I appreciate that because one of the things we really want to start doing is become an educational resource for people. You know, when you come to Plant Life Meals, um, you know, eat, Granted, our entry point was more uh, health focused, and then, like you said, the other sixty six percent came almost the very next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really want to start educating people on, um, you know, eating a vegan meal is great for your health, and um, you're going to save animals for sure. But look how you're impacting the world. And so we are really excited about 2020 because we're going to put some effort into leaning into educating people to feel excited about their contribution, not just from a personal standpoint, because like you mentioned, you got in it um, from an environmental standpoint. And if I came to you and said, ah, eat a vegan meal, you're, 
you're less, you know, you're 10% less likely to have a heart attack. It might not be very compelling. But if I said, hey, have a vegan meal, you're going to save 3,500 gallons of water just by eating this meal, right? The environmental impact, you know, and to show you how that's actually impacting and the direct tie that you have to change. I think people are getting really excited about um, it's got to be bigger than them. It can't just be for yeah. their health purposes. It needs to be bigger. And so I'm really glad to hear you say that the environmental piece is a big piece. It's one we're going to explore and want to start educating people on. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, and I love that, actually. I noticed that on um, in, on your guys' Instagram account, you know, talking exactly about that that point about the water consumption because – I don't think I don't think people would equate that, you know, when when you're you know, there's a there's a real kind of disassociation, isn't there, of like, well, this plate of food, the impact it has is is the plate of food in front of me, and that we don't really tend to think about the chain that's gone into that plate of food. So like pointing it out, I think, yeah, super super important and more power to you for doing so. Yeah, so um I'd love to talk to you a bit more about game changers. We touched about it, touched upon it there briefly. What what's the you know? I'm thinking particularly because of the macro element. What's the reaction been since that that documentary has come out? Have you have you had a a huge amount of uh, a huge upsurge, if you like, in in kind of interest in what you guys are doing since then? Has it sparked a lot of conversation? Yeah. Yeah, we, we do get a lot of people that come to us off of the Game Changers documentary and um, the conversations I'm having tend to be around the blood work. I think the blood work portion of that documentary was so, I, maybe it was different, right? I don't know that people have seen documentaries that talked about blood work. And, and so, yes, I think performance has been an interesting driver, but it really was the blood work conversations. I, I had a conversation last night um, with a, a potential customer had reached out and just wanted information. And he, he's retired. And he said, I just watched the game changers and, um, I'm really focused on, um, becoming healthier, but the blood work portion of that was so compelling for me. I needed to explore the, the diet. And so I don't know, Liz, what your experience has been, but it's all been around that blood work portion in that, in that documentary. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, you know, I think we've probably watched every, I shouldn't say every, but the majority of the documentaries out there about um vegan and climate change but i thought game changers had an interesting perspective of one person's journey as they're also learning through other people's journeys and you could see in real time um how his performance improved so it wasn't just um you know an internal health improvement but you could see the output um you know, I, I forget the gentleman's name who did the documentary, but James Wilkes. Yeah. Um, when he was, you know, doing, he was in the gym and he just kept going and going. I felt like that was really compelling. And I think that really sparked, um, some interest in people to see how they could change. So I, I think people, and for myself too, I need to learn things in lots of different ways. It could be the same information but if it's said in different ways i think game changers really um spark some interest in people just because it a lot of the same information we've heard just in a different format and with different people yeah it's interesting how netflix and a documentary well it came out in uh, theater first but 
now Netflix and it being able to scale and to spread worldwide. Yeah. It's interesting now just kind of thinking about it out loud, how one documentary can essentially move the needle so far for the industry. Um, but yeah, you know, especially being involved in, you know, local gyms and holistic wellness centers like acupuncture, you know, plant life meals is we're, we're trying to build an ecosystem right now that when you do become a member, you have access to, um, holistic wellness centers that provide different things. Um, and it plays really well into the game changers conversation, but in the Seattle market, yeah, everyone's ha- not everyone. Um, but the conversations we have are definitely off the back of health, a lot of blood work. Um, and, and certainly from the game changers documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also interesting is I think it's James Wilkes who had, it was the producer of that. Um, he had gone on to Joe Rogan, right. And had that really long deep dive discussion <laughs> that I think that, so many people respect the Joe Rogan podcast and conversations he's having. I'm excited to see what that's going to do. Um, I'm excited to see someone who is as influential as Joe Rogan say things like, Oh, that was super compelling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does because there are influencers that will move the needle so far for the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that sort of follow up, I think has almost had just as much of a ripple as the documentary itself, you know, that, that, that Joe Rogan podcast afterwards, particularly from the perspective, you know, he's had a fair amount of criticism and I'd probably go out there and say justifiably. So um, Joe Rogan for, for his kind of views on, on kind of vegan culture and kind of who he, who he kind of um, chooses to, to kind of argue against it, etc. So I, I love to see kind of James Wilkes there kind of, um, almost you know defend his you know a long period of his work you know like I think it was probably six or seven years worth of his journey that he and you could see all of that passion and, and you know it reminds me as you talk about it there of you know your your journey that that kind of idea of you know I'm going to try this myself and see what this is about before I criticize it um and you know the proof was there for him uh, just like it was for you so yeah, I, I, I think um, things like that, like game changers, and actually the, the work that you guys are doing, all of this is is powerful and kind of moving the the needle, whether it be kind of in our local communities or kind of hopefully more worldwide. And I'm I'm intrigued on that sort of note to talk to you guys a little bit um, about kind of American culture generally, because there does seem to you know, and I'm obviously looking at this from an outside-in perspective, but there seems like a real kind of tug of tug of war almost uh, between this kind of these these polarizing views. The kind of on one side, the kind of very meat-rich, almost the carnivore diets you hear about now, and the keto and the the hunting culture, as opposed to the kind of uh, plant-based kind of vegan culture. What kind of um, how have you guys kind of found, you know, your your niche within that? Have you found that people um, have kind of responded really well? Have you butted up against some of that that kind of resistance, um, or, or is it kind of, you know, that they don't really the paths don't really cross? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's funny, and this is my perspective on what I've seen. It sounds like everyone's on the same page that they completely understand that going plant-based or going vegan is 
there's enough compelling evidence now that it makes sense. But I think a lot of people who are not, have not decided to try it yet. I, I think kind of how we were talking earlier is it's kind of that, um, they're kind of dealing with their beliefs, you know, they've been a human on this planet for X amount of years and been doing things a certain way. And it's, it's really, um, it's encouraging people to confront their beliefs. And so I don't think there's this, um, I think if, if we had had this conversation, conversation a few years ago, I think I would have given you a different response that people were probably like still on the side of no meat still has a really huge part in our diet we still need it we need the protein I think that needle has vastly moved over Um, I think it's just a matter of people not necessarily ready to make the change yet Um, it's crazy you know every day there's a new commercial for KFC's got their new you know plant-based chicken Burger King has the impossible burger everybody is like really embracing it and that's another whole conversation of, you know, the morality around that, you know, these big guys just trying to kind of, um, be advantageous in this new market. But I think it's a really good sign, you know, that people are really embracing it. So I think we're, we're really making that shift, um, from being really meat heavy and it's just butting up with a lot of, uh, American beliefs. Yeah, I'd say like, you know, we're the comfort culture, right, James? Like uh, America just wants to be comfortable, right? We we like our couches and we like to eat and we like to have things normalized. We like predictability, you know? We like the comfort and the stability no matter if it brings pain, as long as it's predictable, right? The American culture likes reoccurring, predictable Tradition. Um, tradition, right? That's that's kind of what. So I think, I think, uh, veganism within the American culture is not so much about being vegan as it is about change. And I think the American culture is afraid of change because, right? It's the generations that worked mm-hmm. so hard to create roots of stability that when you have a new generation that comes in and says, "Ah, close, but not yet. Here's you know, let's make some change." And I think it's the change conversation, right? When you talk to a 50 or a 60-year-old man about, hey, you shouldn't drink dairy. And the response is, I've been drinking dairy my whole life, kid. I'm fine. Yeah. Right? It's You're not going to win them over that way because they're not open to change because the stability and the consistency allows you to kind of predict the future. And so U.S. culture is very big on, I know where to get my burger. Don't change that. Right. And if I can't get my burger there, now we're going to have a problem. And it's not the burger. It's that I have to change. And so I think that's that's been my experience through conversations with people is it's always worked for me. Why would I change it? And my rebuttal is, is let's define working for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it working for you? Like, how how did you measure that? Um, but, yeah, they're just afraid of change. They, as if I'm not American, <laughs> American culture is just change afraid of change. Hard. Yeah. I don't think it's much different over here, to be fair. I think it's it's probably we could expand it out to sort of Western culture, really. And and the forces that are at play as well that, that want, that have vested interest, if you like, in maintaining that status quo and not changing, you know, the, those forces are, are big. 
you know, whether they be kind of, you know, big agriculture and uh, the kind of meat and dairy industry or, or even just locally, like you, like you say, you know, you're challenging, um, you know, someone's, someone's wisdom, perceived wisdom that's been earned over the generation of their, their life. Right. So all of that, you know, you're, I think you're, you guys are absolutely right. It's, it's definitely about, about change. Um, and that, that kind of leads me to, to kind of asking you guys, like, how have you, how have you guys found that? Have you, how have you guys tackled that, um, in, in kind of conversation and, and perhaps convince people to try hopefully through your, your meals, you know, have, have you found that you've needed to do much convincing or is that, are we still probably at the stage where loads of people are kind of coming to you guys? Yeah, I think we committed initially. We knew initially we wanted to be very mindful and to try to stay away from the conversion conversation. You know, it, we weren't necessarily setting out to proactively convert people. Um, we wanted to just meet people where they were. And so the initial kind of, I guess, genesis of the menu was to go, how do we make meals that people are already very comfortable with? Um, because it's very expensive um, from a time and a, uh, from a capital standpoint to spend so much time on educational resources and hope that there is change to come. I think the initial play was to go in, find our market, service our market, prove that we can play within this game and provide value, and then expand as we go. But we're very mindful about, uh, we really respect people that are not vegan, we respect their opinion, we respect their personal choice. Um, and we've been very mindful about making sure that we don't try to win a conversation. Um, we just want to be the go-to resource when they're ready to make change, whether it be tomorrow or in five years. Um, I think that's how we win the long game is by staying away from conversion. Um, that could look different as time goes on and we get better at doing it. Um, but we know that we, we can't keep a customer long-term if we win them in the short-term conversation. Yeah. I think, um, I think you're, you're right. You know, like uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for, um, especially when you put it in context of that change conversation, uh, for that kind of almost, I'd call it like a gentle activism, you know, like, uh, providing amazing food, providing this great, this great option for people kind of gives people, a uh, an option should they wish to, to kind of push the door if you like. Um, but it's not necessarily being confrontational with where they currently sit. And and I suppose it's, you know, it's not very vegan metaphor, but there's the the kind of old adage, isn't there? You know, you, you're more likely to catch uh, more flies with honey than vinegar. And I, I think that's probably, um, that's probably true in this, particularly in the food industry. I think it's so personal. And so people are so passionate about their kind of traditions and, and inbuilt beliefs around it, that it's so important to, meet them where they are and i think probably as you guys have probably displaying there's there's so many people that are kind of interested in that space just just serving those who are curious is a huge task on its own right now before you you worry too much about convincing um the rest of the world yeah we get people i mean you're absolutely right james we get people that are hey i had a heart attack a couple months ago so i'm exploring i'm like well it's about time right and i think I think <laughs> everyone needs to hit their version of their bottom 
um, it to feel uncomfortable enough in their own skin to create change. And I know that has to happen. So we're really mindful about, you know, you'll come around, you know, you being whoever the potential customers, you'll find your, your version of your rock bottom, whether it be from health or you'll go to a dairy farm and you won't be able to sleep for four nights because of what you saw, or perhaps you lost a loved one because he ate too much meat over time and didn't listen to the doctor. You know, everyone will hit their breaking point and we just want to make sure that we're ready to kind of receive them whenever they do hit their breaking point. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I suppose it is the honey versus vinegar. I have one kind of final big question for you, but societal, if you like, which is just kind of, and I ask this to loads of people and I love hearing people's different kind of perspectives on it, but how confident do you feel in us kind of reaching this kind of end point of, uh, you know, a plant-based society, a kind of vegan world? Hmm. How close are we to kind of, getting full-time everyone transitioning to that how confident do you feel i suppose rather than how close but how confident do you feel that we could get there gosh <laughs> i don't know it's funny we were just having this kind of um high level conversation with my parents um they're not vegan but um they're very curious into dabbling into it and you know we were talking about the planet and and the benefits of going vegan and how there are these kind of cycles in human society from, you know, now we're seeing a lot of people who are raising their own animals and having their own gardens and being really self-sustainable. And, you know, we're seeing that people want their foods local. They don't want to go shop at the big, big stores. They want to know where their food came from. And so I think there's this shift that's slowly happening and whether that be the entire planet going full plant-based, gosh, I don't, whatever's best for the planet to keep us thriving, I think that's what's going to happen. The planet is really good at, at balancing itself and um, it'll, we'll, we'll hopefully correct ourselves in a way that will continue to thrive as a species and keep everything in harmony. But, but I, I'm, I'm feeling more and more confident every day that we're going towards um, a more balanced direction. Yeah. It's, I'd say for me, it's, it's kind of like um, smoking, right? When everyone was smoking, not everyone, but there's a lot of people smoking cigarettes and you could do it in restaurants and you could do it on an airplane. Right. There's these moments in time where it just you look back and it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think I think food, I think we'll have the same conversation. I watched a comedy special last night and the gentleman was talking about the Internet. We're going to look back on the Internet like, oh, my gosh, you guys used to allow your kids <laughs> to use the Internet. It's so bad for you. I think I think we'll get there. I think I think it'll be a lot like smoking where you're, you're going to have outliers mm -hmm. and, and we respect those outliers and there will be a place and a market and a store and there will always be a way to buy cheese and meat, right? Because much like there will always be a way to buy tobacco products. But I think, um, I think we'll start to see more commercials about, right? Like the animals trying to save all the people, right? <laughs> we saw a commercial the other day with yeah. uh, uh, human rights activists led by animals, right? I think we'll see this, I think everything will start to flip, but I think you'll have outliers. I think change across the board will just, it'll constantly be a battle, but I think 
less and less people are smoking and less and less people will, or more and more people will eat less meat and dairy. Um, do, am I, am I confident that everyone will convert over time? No. Um, but I am very confident that there's an enormous amount of momentum right now. And it's going to be very difficult to, I think it'll be much more difficult to order a, a beef or meat based burger than it will be a plant-based burger. I think the meat-based burger will be an exception to the menu over time Mm -hmm. versus the plant-based. But I think you'll always have your outliers, much like the tobacco industry. Yeah, I, I think you're um, you're probably right, and um, and 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 hopefully we we will get beyond even that stage. But you know, there, there's usually a where there's a will, there's a way, and and I think probably um, we may be a, a distance away from from a complete removal. But certainly, folks like yourselves are, are playing a huge part. So a big thank you for for that. I have. Um, I just wanted to find out a little bit about, you know, where would people go to um, to find out about you guys? Where's the best place to kind of look you guys up? And if you're in the, the Seattle area, like become a customer. Yeah, just plantlifemeals.com. Plantlifemeals.com, our Instagram, plantlifemeals, Facebook, plantlifemeals. All our social media is at plantlifemeals. Yeah. If you're in Seattle, um, if you, even if you, you know, we have customers that visit Seattle for a week or two and they order for it from us for that week or two. And so, um, we want to be treated like a restaurant, something that's really easy, something that's really kind of pop in and pop out. There's no commitment to doing this. Um, but yeah, if you're in Seattle, we, we certainly service customers like that on a weekly basis. So yeah, that's where you can find us. And, and, and having a look at the website, you know, I, I feel very sad that I don't live in, in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> the menu looks absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, I, I do hope something um, something similar uh, comes to the UK. And if you guys expand quick enough, I'd love to see you around uh, our neck of the woods. So um, well done on that menu. It looks amazing. Appreciate that, James. Thank you. So thank you for your time. I'm very conscious that we are just out of Christmas and you folks have given up some time to speak to me. So thank you so much. Great to speak with you both and best of luck with Plant Life Meals. Likewise. Thanks, James. Thanks for all you're doing. We'll talk soon.